Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Dash Radio every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. That's the Nothing But Net channel. So just download the Dash Radio app, search for Nothing But Net, and there we are. I'm also on onsideradio.com every single day at that same time. If you want more than just heat talk, we talk Dolphins, Inter-Miami, the Hurricanes, and much more. So check out onsideradio.com and our website, fivereasonsports.com, where we have no paywall and you can cover, we cover all of the South Florida sports. Also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes one that I use tonight to make the Thursday night game between Seattle and Arizona even more interesting. That's prizepicks.com. If you're tired of losing in fantasy sports, times are changing. Now it's just you versus the numbers. Prize picks is the perfect place for you, whether the injury bug ruin your season long team or you're a season vet in the daily fantasy space on prize picks. All you got to do is select two, three or four players and predict if they'll go over or under their fantasy projection. So you can do this in NBA, NFL, MLB, virtually any sport, Take the over, take the under, pair the players together, and win real cash today. Prize Picks gives you a chance to win 10 times your money for getting four predictions correct. Entries are so simple, they can be made in less than 60 seconds. Sign up today at prizepicks.com or on the Prize Picks app and use the code FIVE, that's spelled out F I V E, to get a 100% match on your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's right, 100% match on the first deposit up to 100 bucks using the code five. A lot of our listeners have tried this. They like it. We're at the point in the NFL season where your fantasy team is probably shot. So make sure you check out prizepicks.com, which is truly daily fantasy simplified. And now today's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to five on the floor, a daily show on the Miami heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick. With Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander. Part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here is today's floor plan. We've got free agency starting as we speak. It's about 8.30 Eastern. So what are we looking at? About 22 hours before this thing, 21 hours before this thing kicks off. Um, make sure you check out our draft episode about Precious Achua. And also, if you want to check out a stream that somehow went in a million different directions other than the draft, that's on our YouTube channel. Today, no Alphonse Sidney. He is recovering probably for the next three weeks. Uh, I've got Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Toledo. And I've got Clutch NBA 5R. That's Adam Bore. We're just going to go through the big stories for the NBA, but specifically for the Heat as free agency opens. Um, Greg, I'm going to start with you. Kelly Olynyk opted in today. We kind of knew that was happening. Um, I think it kind of happened. <laughs> yeah. But, right. But, but Riley really didn't want to acknowledge it last night. I think that's what happened there. Um, so he's opted in. Uh, the Heat's business is basically taken care of going into this thing in the sense that they gave the qualifying offer to Gabe Vincent. They did not give one to Kyle Alexander. So he will not be back. Uh where are the heat position? And of course we I've reported, we've all kind of reported that Dragic and Crowder will be back. Where do things stand with the heat on the even free agency? I mean, I think you kind of summed it up. It's really a bizarre scenario because kind of some of what's unraveled with the Milwaukee Sacramento deal, as well as some of the uncertainty that was surrounding so many transactions that could be related to Gordon Hayward and that situation with his uh, opt out today. It, it kind of, 
today was a was a confusing day to try to track down any level of information that you would think is reliable. Um, I feel like there's a lot of unknowns uh, throughout the league, but for Miami, it's pretty you're, it's cut and dry. You know, you you want to get something done with Gorin and with Jay. Crowder as early as you can. And then it's all about how you utilize the mid-level exception. And what, what I'm particularly interested to see going into tomorrow as we start to see uh, the market value for guys is what does the mid, the non-ton the non-taxpayer mid-level exception get you? Because I think we've all been operating under this assumption that it would be the kind of thing that you would give to uh, a player like Gallinari or Ibaka or whether it be Millsap. Um, I'm interested if a guy like Wes Matthews, does he command the full mid-level exception or is is he going to come in under that? So that's kind of going into it. I think the one unknown is what are these guys going to get paid when free agency starts at six o'clock tomorrow? All right, Adam, I'm going to go to you next. Uh, Let's look at some guys around the league and and where we think they may be headed, the premium free agents. Gallinari, where does that stand? Um, Gallinari, I think, is is the mystery. You know, you have a lot of different guys uh, that you can pretty much tell where they're going to go. But Gallinari, it seems like he's got offers from everywhere, from the Celtics to the Hawks to the Mavs to the Heat. So it, it really depends on what he really wants. Uh, if I were to guess right now, if the Hawks don't end up with a Gordon Hayward or a LaMarcus Aldridge, I think he would end up there because they just have a lot of cash to burn. Otherwise, if he really wanted to contend for a title, uh, I, I think the Heat are in a, a good position for him. So let's mention Hayward then. Let's get into this. Alex, uh, strange situation to me, although others were correcting me on Twitter you opt out of $34 million with the Celtics where you're playing for your college coach. Why? <laughs> what, what, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think is in the works here? Because the Knicks have been mentioned, Atlanta has been mentioned, possibly even going back to Boston has been mentioned. Why do you think he would have done that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you don't make that kind of decision without knowing that you can make that up and more. Like, obviously, that's a big number, right? Like, and everybody can see that and, and say, okay, why is he opting out? And I think, it's got to be that he's got a deal lined up with a couple of these teams, you know, maybe a plan A, plan B type of thing, because it seems like the Hawks are, you know, tied in with multiple guys who are going to take up more cap room. I know they made up, in a, I mean, they, they made another trade today that's going to give them a little bit more cap room when they traded away Deadman. And so I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's got something to do with Atlanta. It seems like Hayward to Atlanta might be a real thing. But uh, it, is, it is a weird situation given the, you know, the relationship with Stevens and that they're a real contender. Maybe he just doesn't uh, like his role. Maybe there's something going on, in, in, you know, with his relationship with those guys. But it seems like he he's on the outs with Boston, unless unless they're really just doing that to get him on like a a more team team friendly deal. But mm. I don't know. Has like has any of that been reported at all? It's it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, there, there's one team that I think is um, kind of a dark horse in here. I don't know how much of a dark horse, but I've, I've, I've actually heard that Gore, Gordon Hayward has looked at schools in Indianapolis to enroll his kids. And mm-hmm. I think he really wants to get back to his home state. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised if uh, they worked out something where he's opting out so that he can come in at a lower number and assign and trade so that, um, 
they don't necessarily need to match that 34 million that was there for uh, for Gordon Hayward prior to him opting out and Indiana would acquire him in a sign and trade. I think that some of the New York whispers we've heard Atlanta whispers is maybe a little bit of leverage because those teams like literally um, New York has to spend 30 million to get to the cap floor. Never mind, Mm -hmm. you know, getting all the way to the salary cap. So uh, but I'm, I'm watching Indiana as it relates to Gordon Hayward. The, the reason I'm asking the players in this order is because one player leads to another. There's a domino effect here, right? So I knew you were going to mention Indiana. So if he's going to Indiana in a package, perhaps for Miles Turner, right, which might make some sense, Sabonis coming back, the Turner-Sabonis thing really hasn't always worked out all that well to begin with. Does that mean that Oladipo is staying? Adam, what do you think? That's, I think that's a tough one. Um I, I think he's staying until he finds a suitor somewhere, right? Until Indiana gets an offer that they like. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't see Vic starting the season with the Pacers, but if they ended up with Gordon Hayward, maybe there's a chance that they can sort of mend that relationship because I don't, I don't think the relationship's good between Vic and the Pacers right now. Um, and maybe if they get Gordon Hayward, there's some sort of uh, mending of the relationship that could be done there. And I don't know, that could lead. uh, I mean, that's a good team right there. They could um, Mm -hmm. get a really good position in the playoffs and and they can compete for a little bit. Well, that's, that's why I ask it because if you have Sabonis coming back and you have Hayward relatively healthy, then I've kind of pushed the Pacers out of the mix of the top six in the East, but they kind of head right back into it. Right. Or at least, on the verge of it. I mean, if they have those three guys, I think what's fascinating to me is that Boston fans were complaining about how they didn't have Hayward during the heat series, or at least for most of it. And that's the reason that they lost. And yet it seems like the Celtics fans are fine with getting rid of Hayward now. So I, I'm a a little bit confused about that one, but if he returns to even 70% of his former self, he's an upgrade for Indiana. If you have Sabonis Hayward and Oladipo, that's not a bad place to start. I mean, they have some role guys and you've got TJ Warren too. So yeah, not about team, Malcolm Brogdon. Actually. I mean, they, they are deep and right. we don't I know mean, how they'll nice. be coached and what style of play they would have, but it has to be a little more creative than what Nate McMillan was doing. So I agree yeah. with you. I think that it does kind of um, bring them back up into the mix. And obviously there's also this big unknown with their central division rival, um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I mean, the, not only is this Bogdanovich transaction completely up in the air, but uh, now the Drew holiday stuff isn't even official. Well, it's not official. And then, of course, with the Bogdanovich thing, Ilyasova was released today, and he was originally part of that sign-and-trade. So you do wonder where that's going. All right, another piece, again, as we kind of just go through the dominoes here, we mentioned Atlanta. If it's not Atlanta for Hayward, and it's not Gallinari for Hayward, excuse me, if if it's not Hayward for Atlanta, if it's not Gallinari for Atlanta, is it Aldridge for Atlanta? That's weird. What do you think? I mean, does that fit? 35. And Trey Young is like <laughs> very young. I mean, it's just it's kind of a weird, uh, kind of a weird match there. I think. Yeah, I almost feel like 
maybe it is Gallinari for Atlanta. And, and I say that only because they have so much money to spend. Uh, they can essentially bring in Rondo Gallinari and another player. Um, but just what gets weird to me is their, their draft combined with having John Collins on that roster and just kind of how the positions would shake out and how, how are you promising how you can't promise six guys starting spots. So it's like, um, it just gets a little confusing to see how that works, but they could just be a young team hungry to get into the playoffs, get Trey young on a big stage. So that's why they're looking to, you know, use some of this cap space, but um, it, it, it's a, I don't know. I, I felt like San Antonio was on the brink of kind of tearing it down all of a sudden, but um, this is the most, I, I text four people this morning, kind of in the aftermath of the draft and just checked mm-hmm. in and everybody was all like, we have no idea what's going on right now because stuff is just flying fast and changing fast. So as much as I think we, we are expecting that so many things are completely buttoned up and lined up, I think we're going to see some surprises as we get uh, going tomorrow. Well, I think it's in part because of two things. Well, a couple of things have affected that. Nobody saw the Ubre trade coming, right? The first one or the second one. And the second one happened mostly because of a Clay Thompson injury during a screw around scrimmage i mean so that's one thing and then the other thing is the bogdanovich deal which it looks to me like Woj may have jumped the gun there or something and they were trying to cover it and now it's just a completely botched situation now the nba according to mark stein is investigating uh so let's go to san antonio then for a second if aldridge is not going to atlanta they they got younger again in the draft obviously they've added more pieces they have a young core of guards they did. They played a little better without DeRozan and Aldridge on the floor at times last year. Um, Adam, does where does Aldridge go? Is 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 Aldridge a possibility for Miami still? I mean, I don't I don't envision uh, Demar or Lamarcus Aldridge staying there and starting the season with them. I think uh, both of them are going to get traded sometime soon. Wouldn't surprise me if if they got traded after free agency after that first initial rush. Uh, I mentioned Atlanta. I really do think that they're going to trade for somebody and then sign another big free agent because they have all that cap space. But the one thing that I I forgot to mention, honestly, are we really going to downplay Fred Van Fleet potentially going to the Hawks? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. that's, that's something that makes too much sense not to happen. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. The first one to tell you about one of our most important sponsors. We've talked about them a lot, but now they've got new offerings. And as you know, COVID-19 is not gone. So you've got to make your environment, whether it's your school, you want to tell your administrator, whether it might be your business, maybe you are the boss, maybe you want to tell the boss or whether it's a residence, you want to make the place safe. So you got to check out safecubbies.com. They've got custom sneeze guards and shields, and also they stock sneeze guards and shields. They do office partitions. Again, they work with restaurants, businesses, schools, and more. They do floor decals for the social distancing. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 
could do the PPE and COVID signage. They also can put in the touch-free sanitizer stands with or without the branding, and they do branded face masks as well. And Safe Cubbies will come out and perform a safe sur- a site survey to provide a free estimate for you. And of course, they will do the installation. So reach out to them, mention five reasons. We've had many, many people who followed us. They've gone to them. They've been very, very satisfied. So check out safecubbies.com for all of your safety needs during the pandemic. It, they would they would be really good together. Okay, so let's, okay, now you've flipped us up across the border. Toronto, what, in the, what are the chances in your view, Adam, of Van Vliet staying with the Raptors? I think it's 50-50. Um, Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, and Fred Van Fleet, as we've sort of reported earlier, they're all talking to one another, and they're, they're discussing what each other wants to do. And I think if Ibaka leaves, that'll signal to Fred Van Fleet, okay, now it's time for me to leave, and then Kyle will be the last one standing. So I think right now it's 50-50. If the Raptors can convince Ibaka to stay – then I think that's a that's a sign that Fred Van Fleet's probably going to stay as well. But I just I can't see you paying Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry all that money. Yeah, I mean I mean Kyle Lowry's making thirty next year, right? So I mean you're talking about paying two small guards roughly sixty million dollars or close to it. Seems a little bit crazy. All right, so let's get to Abaca. Most likely place for Abaca, Greg, and then Alex. Where is the place he should go? I feel like Brooklyn is just like the team that everybody keeps circling back to. Um, I, I He's been working out at the uni- campus of the University of Miami this whole time. So um, there's always like this little part of me that thinks about when we talk, you know, we, we had kind of heard through back channels that there had been a, a big that gave a commitment down in Miami, at least to, to kind of to come. And we, we just can't nail down exactly which one it is. And you always have in the back of your head with the Baca, but I feel like Brooklyn is kind of the leader in that way. If he doesn't go back to Toronto, um, I don't know that that's the right fit. Cause there's so much unknown with, if they can acquire the Harden, uh, if the Harden trade would happen, which mind you, Bill Simmons floated a rumor about Kyrie ending up in Miami. Let's not forget that one. So but weird. For I know, but for Ibaka, I'm saying Brooklyn is probably my my uh, my leader in the clubhouse right now. By the way, I, I want to address that before I go to Alex here. He didn't really float a rumor. He saw a tweet apparently because there was a tweet floating around, and then he repeated it. So I I don't know that there was anything to that. It's like, but do we know that for sure that that's what he saw? I mean, there was a tweet at around that time. I, I it's, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. It, it just, I mean, look, there have been plenty of times where I've been surprised about players that were actually linked to the heat and I downplayed it at the time, but that one does not make a lot of sense to me, but Alex, let's, let's go to this. And then after the break, we're going to get specifically just to the heat. Okay. But for you, Abaka is the, is the nets. Is that the best place for him? Are the nets? It's a good option. It's a good option for sure. Because uh, it does seem like they're more than willing to move Jared Allen, you know, especially specifically if that Harden thing happens where I, I feel like it does kind of rest upon what happens there because if Jared Allen is still on the team, they have DeAndre Jordan, you know, who is kind of a package deal with Kyrie and KD. Uh, it just becomes kind of an awkward fit. I think, I, I think Ibaka is a five, not a four. I think you can play him at the four, but it's like, you don't want a bunch of fives, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that's the right fit if they have that many bigs on their roster already. I think it's a good fit if they could make the Harden trader if they just need another big there. I think the Lakers is actually a good trade. And I know it sounds crazy for me to say you don't want 
too many bigs and then say that he should be on the Lakers. But I just think he's actually a better fit as a five next to LeBron and AD because they're, they're, you know, they're so adamant on doing that. They're obviously going to keep AD as the four throughout the regular season, or it seems like that's, you know, that's what they are going to keep doing. And because of that, I think Ibaka is the perfect kind of uh, stretch big or two-way big that you can put next to AD there. So he doesn't have to be the five all season or for that much of a game. I, I feel like that's a really obvious one there, but I don't know, man. <laughs> what Leif is saying there is getting me, you know, <laughs> he's tickling all of our fancies. there, saying, you know, there's a commitment and he's working at a university of Miami. So he's got me thinking, man. And I, I really do think that he would be an awesome fit here and he wouldn't have to give up a role or playing time or anything. Like he, I think he would be playing with Bam without Bam and will be playing on a contender. So I just think he's got really his options. Well, what, what I said on Onside Radio today is Ibaka, it, look, if we're talking about Precious Achua being a, a, a BAM clone in some ways, BAM in a lot of ways was an Ibaka clone, okay? I mean, not better ball handler, not as good as, you know, long-range shooter, obviously, what Ibaka merged into, but that style of big and to have all three of them on the same roster uh, is kind of perfect. I mean, you've got one guy breaking in, you've got one guy who's become an all-star and you got another guy who used to play at close to an all-star level and is still playing at a pretty high level. All right. After the break and this word from safe cubbies, we're going to talk specifically about the Miami heat. All right. Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. I've got Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Toledo. I've got Adam Borey. Right, let's do this thing quickly, but this is what everybody wants to know. As I'm sitting here, I'm getting tweets. Is the Gallinari thing over? Are they in? Are they in on Wes Matthews? What's up with Millsap? I'll start with you here, Adam. What is the most likely scenario? Now that we know who the draft pick is, we know they're likely not going to trade the draft pick. I mean, they've look, they've been pumping that kid all day on social media. He's not going anywhere right now. Okay. So we know who they picked. We know kind of what their needs are. We know that Olenek has opted in. We have a lot more information. We know that Dragic and Jay Crowder in some form are coming back. We know they're going to operate as an over-the-cap team. These are all things we sort of assumed. We didn't know for sure until the last 24 hours, right? So, Adam, what do you think they do now? I think uh, based off the information that we have, the most likely scenario is Kelly and Kendrick are going to get traded somewhere. Uh, for a high rotation piece, and they're going to use the whole mid-level on one player. I don't think it's going to split anymore. Okay, and if they it's mm. the whole mid-level on one player, do either do either of the players, well, any of the three players we've discussed, Gallinari, Millsap, or Matthews, Gallinari is obviously a full mid-level player. Or is there any scenario where they would give the full mid-level to either Matthews or Millsap? I can see it for Wes Matthews, but not for Millsap. Uh, The reasoning is because I think Wes to the Lakers has real legs and they might have to outbid the Lakers because they have the full mid-level as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that scenario is real and they could make a trade involving Kelly and Kendrick uh, to get a, a big man. Is Wes Matthews, hmm. is Wes Matthews, uh, Greg, worth a $9 million mid-level at this stage? I mean, on short years, I think so. I think because of his 3 and D stuff and the fact that if there was anybody in the playoffs that um, at least made Jimmy look a little uncomfortable, I won't say he, he, he defended him well because Jimmy was just on a roll, but um, he – 
he made him look un- uncomfortable enough to say, okay, well, if you add him to the mix from a three and D perspective, and also just, uh, you know, that Jimmy and, and those guys are close with him. So it would be a natural fit that way, but I- I'm not as open-minded to a full mid-level three, four year deal. So it'll be interesting. And that that's where like, I kind of bring us all the way back to the start of this is that until we start to see what the market what the what the market is for these guys and what numbers we're starting to see fly around it that's going to kind of adjust our expectations because if all these guys are getting 12 13 14 million in sign and trade deals and then the the mid-level is kind of pushed to the to the back then the heat may need they need to use the whole mid-level on one guy like west matthews just to make an addition to the core um but i i I like west matthews i think that i would rather go in that direction but just not on any kind of four year no Dion contracts. <laughs> no, no Dion contracts, no JJ contracts. So it looks like the James Johnson may f- spring free now since he was just traded to Oklahoma City. So let me ask you this and we'll close here, Alex. If you end up in a situation where, say, you Wes Matthews prices out, right? Or he goes to the Lakers, it, and you let's say you with the mid-level, you can get Millsap and another player at a four to five million dollar number. Is there a player out there? We've talked about some of these young point of attack, defend guard, defender guards, th- those types. Is there a player out there that you would say, okay, this is this is who I would bring in with the rest of that mid-level? I mean, honestly, uh, Leif brought up a great point there about the market and, and waiting to see what happens there and how that shakes out because, you know, we've seen kind of some figures. I don't remember who it was. Uh, I want to say Bobby Marks, who was projecting salaries and, had Millsap there around $6 million. And so I'm with it. I'm with a hundred percent what you're saying. You know me, I'm, I'm, I think that he could use uh, another guy like that, especially since they didn't get a guard in this draft. I think it would make sense being able to shell out some of the mid level for a guy like Javon Carter, or uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking right now. Gary paid in the second, you know, if they're willing to come over here, the thing is, DeAndre it really Milton, depends on John Dre Melton, right? The Anthony one. Melton from the, from the Grizzlies as well. The thing is, I guess it really does depend on the market because Millsap for $6 million sounds great, right? And, uh, like, obviously, we're all into that. But if it takes the full level and the full mid-level, I, I guess you got to do it. Just like they said, it depends on what happens to everybody else. And But if if you can get him for $6 million, for sure, I think they should go after a point of attack defender with the rest oh. of the money. The one other thing to consider too, though, to Adam's point about a trade when he mentioned Olenek and Nunn, it depends on who they get back. If they were to get back a wing or a guard, then you're going to go with a big, you know, and if they get a big, then you're going to look more towards the, you know, like maybe you split it between um, Wes Matthews and Chris Dunn. I'm just making this up if you get a big in via trade, but if you're getting a guard via trade, then it's Millsap and Wes Matthews. So it's really going to be highly dependent on what shakes loose and it's going to be crazy tomorrow. So we just don't even know what trade options that's the one component of this that we can't necessarily predict the best case scenario for the heat i think it's pie in the sky but the absolute best case would be somehow they could get gallinari in a side and trade and get a baka uh with a full mid-level if i mean that would but i think i think both situations are going to price out of their range but if they could do both of those things they're done to me i mean you, you pick up a cheap point of attack guard somewhere um, you mix him into the rotation, you, you nurse score on until he's healthy and you're good. Um, but I, I don't think, I don't think both of those things are going to happen. I think the market may get, and I think that was part of Riley's presser. And we really haven't discussed Riley's presser last night very much. I did it a little bit on onside radio today, but he did kept talking about the, he'd be okay with running it back. It was almost like, okay, he's got some things out there 
but he didn't want to set expectations too high. Um, I've heard that from him before. If they don't run it back, he'll say, well, this opportunity presented itself. If they do run it back, he'll say that's what we wanted to do all along. So I, I felt, Greg, did you feel that? Like I felt that last night. Like, yeah. And he, but he, did, he alluded, he alluded to, um, he said something to the effect of, but we still have some room under the cap to make a move and we'll, mm -hmm. we'll explore that. I think that's, that was his way of saying, we're going to run it back, mm -hmm. but we have this mid-level exception to spend. So like, that was kind of a, he didn't say that straight out, but that's kind of where we're going. And it's just the trade component is the unknown, but I think that they will add to this core. When we say run it back, I don't mean that. I don't necessarily mean that you're going to see all the same faces. There's just going, there's going to be a new addition and it's just, who will that player be? Well, and, and they've looked, they've run things back before, but had one new addition. I mean, the year they added Shane Battier, there was that one new addition, right? The year, you know, they added, they ran Ray Allen. They also added Richard Lewis, but there weren't a ton of new additions, you know, that it's kind of what they've done. Adam, I'll give you the last word on this because I know you've had the hardened information here all along. Uh, Pat made an allusion yesterday to Mickey being willing to pay into the tax for a player who guarantees you the finals, essentially. Hmm. Um, it, is he talking about James Harden there? You think? I don't, I don't think he's talking about James Harden, but I think he's talking about potentially absorbing a bigger salary uh, of a high profile player that takes you into the tax. Um, what I heard a few days ago, uh, I want to say three days ago. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. You know, all bets are off. And what's weird is they're, they're now waiting on, I mean, they may be waiting on a tampering investigation, which is, you know, the weirdest part of all of this because, uh, you know, we don't know how that thing's going to play out. All right. Adam Bora, you can follow him at clutch NBA five R Greg Sylvander. You can obviously follow him at Greg Sylvander and Alex Toledo at tropical blanket. We'll have more tomorrow. I don't know if we'll pod, uh, we will definitely stream. So we'll see kind of thing how, where things play out there. Um, and obviously as things happen over the weekend, make sure to check the feeds because you may find a new episode that you were not expecting. Again, support our sponsors, safecubbies.com and prizepicks.com. Use the code F I V E.